Welcome to The Lowdown, KMXT's new daily show dedicated to giving you the up-to-date information we have available on the COVID-19 outbreak and how it's impacting life on Kodiak Island. The Lowdown will focus on the facts as provided to us by local and state officials. During the show, we give you access to local officials and experts on COVID-19 and community actions related to it. If you have questions for our guests, please email them to lowdown at kmxt.org or call KMXT at 486-3181. You can find a list of upcoming guests on our Facebook page or on our website, kmxt.org. Audio from each day's program will be posted on the website. You like talking in your own head. So that means we're on the air. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in today. It's Thursday. That means it is another mental health day. This week is a combo show, however. Jody Carmen is uh, Terry Bradshaw is back, <laughs> hoping for an update on what's happening out in her world and in the Coast Guard, and more tips on how to stay sane. And Matthew Kozak, the prevention grant coordinator from Canada, is in to talk about what he's doing to keep kids and families engaged. It's youth, families, and more on today's Lowdown. If you have questions, give us a call or shoot us an email, lowdown at kmxt.org, 486-3181, and we'll try and get your question answered. A heads up, we'll have Corey Gron and maybe uh, some of his crew from the city in sometime next week to talk about where the city is going in terms of summer programs for kids. The city is still busily trying to formalize their plans for how and when things are going to open up. And in that regard, tune in at noon today for a live update from the ESC about what their plans are. And you can also tune in tomorrow morning on the Lowdown. Mike Twangy and perhaps some of the other members of the ESC will be in to answer your questions and talk in depth about the community rollout. So really send in your questions now so that we'll have them all lined up and ready to go. If you have questions of the ESC, that's for tomorrow. But for today, welcome, you fine folks. Thank you for coming in today and talking to us on Mental Health Thursday. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. Isn't it? Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Jody, you've been here before, but for those who didn't listen to that fine program we did a few weeks ago, could you kind of give everybody a just a general, who is Terry Bradshaw, Jody Carmen, and what do you do, and how's your world going? To the audience out there, if you're wondering what the Terry Bradshaw <laughs> reference is, is that I got called in sort of late in the... Um, the game. You're not supposed to say that you know, on the funny, air. I don't understand it. Is, and Jay Leno always used to call Terry Bradshaw at the last minute to come on the show if they needed somebody. So but he was joking. good. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, he was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Funny. So I work out at the Coast Guard base. I work with the work life staff, uh, part of the clinic, health, safety, and work life. And my title is Employee Assistance Program Coordinator. And my programs are to market the contracted counseling services that we have, provide crisis intervention, uh, teach and educate on suicide prevention, um, response and intervention. And I also handle the um, workplace violence and threatening behavior um, program as well. If somebody is feeling threatened at work, I can uh, be part of that team, crisis intervention team, to mitigate that, you know, to prevent that from getting worse or happening. So there is a tendency when you and I get in the room together to make things light, but 
well, a lot of what you deal with is not light. It's not light at all, really. Yeah, right. But you manage to keep a smile on your face. I do. I and mean, you have some great tips on how to, people can keep that smile I, on I their face. I try to be. I try to be really, that's kind of, I feel as though sometimes I really need to, you know, talk people off the proverbial ledge, you know, like, you know, like put things in perspective, help people to reframe things and um, to let them know that, you know, this too shall pass and everything is going to be just fine. Is there a lot of people on the proverbial edge right now? There are the people ledge? that are just, um, I think I call it COVID fatigue. You know, people are just tired of it. Um, and I can't speak to having kids at home anymore. Mine are grown, but my kids have kids. And I'm seeing that that's, that's got to be extremely difficult to be shut in with your family all day and your kids all day and trying to be a, a parent, trying to work, trying to homeschool, all those things. So I can imagine people are, are, are getting pretty stressed. And then the springtime, you know, we do tend to see um, the um, suicidal ideation sometimes goes up or it has been there. And then sometimes um, the risk of suicide can be a bit higher in the springtime. And you know, we don't know why that is, but it tends to be if people have been suffering from depression throughout the winter, things haven't been going well, and they think, well, springtime's coming, and, you know, the weather's going to get better, and things will get better, and then if it doesn't, they have a little more energy to act on that. So, you know, it, it, it's really important for people to um, know their resources and get help, you know, to reach out to talk to somebody about that and not act on those thoughts because those thoughts will come and go. Matt, it's the first time we've had an opportunity to talk to you. You are the prevention grant coordinator, which is kind of a big title, uh, but you, that encompasses a lot of things, right? Yeah, I have my hands in all sorts of different topics. So I oversee the Tobacco Prevention and Control Program, Canada Substance Use Prevention Program, Domestic Violence Prevention, Bullying Prevention, Cultural Connection Programs, uh, all sorts of different things uh, across a wide spectrum of age groups and categories. We have a lot of things that are open and available for the entire community. A lot of things that are specific to our beneficiaries. Canada's obviously the Kodiak Area Native Association. Right. So we have some stuff that is beneficiary specific. Um, we do a lot of work out in the village communities. Ultimately, I'd say that in a nutshell, despite all of the the various topics and projects and things that I'm involved in and that I work on. The goal of our job is to provide education to the community on a wide array of topics and then help kids stay engaged in a positive way with each other, with their families and with the community and with everything that's going on right now. That's something that is increasingly more important, but it's also increasingly difficult. So how, how in a normal world mm -hmm. before this, happened what would you normally be involved in at this time of year so normally this time of year is probably the busiest for myself and my team um, it'll be back-to-back -back trips out to the villages for community events for health fairs there's tons of events and things going on around town I mean Today, for example, is normally the day that Crab Fest kicks off. So under normal circumstances, I'd be taking a half day so that I could head down and scope out all the food booths this afternoon. Obviously, that's that's not going on. So hopefully we'll get some Bummer. of that. Now you're making <laughs> right? me hungry. Hopefully we'll, we'll get some of that in August. Uh, I'm, I'm really eager to see what the chamber has lined up for us. Uh, but, you know, the kids would still be in school. They'd be finishing out this week. And our summer programs would be starting up. Last year, 
We had programs for various age groups, completely free, open to the whole community, four days a week throughout the entire summer, except for the 4th of July, which uh, we take off to give our staff a little, break, yeah. a little bit of a break yeah. and decompress. But with where the state is, where all the rules and regulations are, uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier before we were on the air, it's really difficult to put some of those in-person programs together because there's so many different uh, hoops that you have to jump through, so many different minor details that you have to work out. And it can end up being a huge burden on our staff, which, you know, that's normally not too big of an issue for us because we're here to serve the community. We're here to work with the kids. And so we're willing to overcome as many barriers as we have to to do that. But we were looking at a situation where there were a lot of barriers or potential barriers for parents, for families, and for the kids themselves. So we've had to really heavily modify kind of our programs, at least for the month of June. Well, take me back to March when you knew that things were starting to slow mm-hmm. down. I mean, how big is the staff that you manage? Yeah, so we, we're we in an interesting situation. So there's myself, and then I have three full-time staff members that work under me. But I like to think that we have a disproportionate impact. So, for example, in calendar year 2019, between the four of us, and obviously, you know, there's some staff turnover, so there'll be times we're not fully staffed. But between three or four people, we had, I want to say that we had over 150 different community events, activities, or things that we either hosted, supported, or participated in. And we had more than between 2,000 and 2,500 direct community contacts, so unique people that we interacted with in some way um, just in that one year. So we have a, we normally have a huge impact. And like I said, you know, spring is usually the big time for that. Uh, so when this started coming up in March, it was, it was really disheartening and frustrating for my staff because Winter's usually a downtime. You know, the weather's poor. You don't have a whole lot of daylight. It's difficult to travel because of the weather conditions and you have short travel windows. Uh, So we spend a lot of that time prepping and planning for, you know, March through October. And that got derailed pretty quickly. Wow, that must be depressing, huh? It was... I wouldn't so much say it was depressing. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say it was so much depressing. It was definitely frustrating and disheartening, um, both for my staff, because we really, you know, we got involved in this because this is this kind of stuff that we enjoy doing. We, we really enjoy our jobs. We love what we do. And so not being able to do that is, is aggravating, but at the same time, you know, the, the kind of the carry on effects from that is if we're not able to go participate in those activities, it's because those are activities aren't happening. And so that was the real loss was, you know, the community dinner and game nights that we do out in the village communities, the week before they kind of mandated that all these businesses started shutting down, we were looking at putting together a kickball tournament for kids to celebrate a tobacco awareness day. We were just getting ready to kick off a evening board game program for middle and high school students with Grand Slam. And so we had all these cool ideas that we've been working on for, you know, the past three or four months. And now we end up having to push those back indefinitely. And so it was a big loss for, uh, for the community because those, those are things that now their kids can't participate in that they can't participate in. Um, And yeah. 
So you got, I mean, five, six months worth of planning, and all of a sudden everything's pretty much gone, and then you're into a, a, an online platform. Are you going into the office anymore, or are you doing that video so, conferencing thing? So my team and I have been working from home since the end of March is the best I can give you. I can't give you an accurate date. That now they all <laughs> swirl together. Things have kind of, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's been since the end of March that we've been working from home. And like you said, you know, we put four or five months of planning into our spring, summer, and fall. And so we fortunately been able to keep really busy because we've had to completely restructure and build everything else from the ground up. And so that's, that's definitely been a new kind of adventure. Yeah. In a good way, I imagine. Yeah, speaking of that, you know, restructuring of online um, programs, just to talk a little bit about um, MWR um, and the base, is they've come up with a few um, programs for online challenges. Uh, the Fit for Life program, there is an online platform now for people who want to do, and the kids can participate um, to log their activities, their uh, exercise activities, and then they reach certain levels and can get prizes. And that's an old kind of um flashback program from when I was with the Coast Guard as a health promotion many years ago. So that's up and running now for our families. They're also doing the teen centers putting on virtual video game challenges for the kids and they're doing a photo scavenger hunt. So people go out and take pictures of certain things and then they'll get the next clue when they, you know, so they're trying to come up with some creative outlets for um, participation in events, which, which again, restructuring it is difficult, right? Yeah. It's all that. It's been an adventure. We're, we're in much the same case. Uh, so normally we have our Explore the Rock hiking program. We've been doing it for years at this point. Middle and high schoolers will take them out to different locations every week and we'll take them on hikes. This year, because of everything that's going on, we're restructuring that to use social media platforms. And so we're setting it up kind of like a hiking challenge where Every week, my staff and I, we're going to go out, we're going to hike these locations, we're going to record our route using a free app, we're going to take photos, take videos, we're going to post it all up on the Canna Prevention Program Facebook page, and then kids and families will have a full week to kind of complete that. If they complete it and they give us proof, so you know, send in photos of you going on the hike or uh, send in your trail data or your route basically anything to show that you kind of did it in that week, then we're going to tie that with prizes. So we're working with a, a small home business in Eagle River to get some really awesome Alaska-themed holographic vinyl stickers. So every week that you complete the challenge, you get a sticker. If you complete five challenges throughout the course of the summer, then you get like our first tier prize. Uh, you complete 12, you get the next tier. You do the whole summer, and then you get entered in to win kind of like our grand prize and a larger tier. So mm -hmm. something that we can really tie an incentive program to, so that way kids stay engaged. Yeah. We're also combining that with the rock painting. So currently my staff is in the process of painting between two and 300 rocks. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> and so, so they're, they're painting a couple hundred rocks, and the idea is, that we're going to go out and we're going to hike these trails and we're going to hide the rocks. Yeah. And then if people find them, they're going to be marked with uh, Explore the Rock or ETR on the back of them with a number. So if you take a picture of the rock, you take a picture of the number, you send it to us. Every week, we're going to draw two of those, one from each hiking trail. Because normally we, 
we kind of drag the kids out on all sorts of things, you know, pyramid barometer, termination point. Uh, we'll mix in some easier ones because we're moving to this. We recognize that, you know, families might not be up for or willing to do something. Yeah, to grab grandpa and <laughs> yeah. drag him up pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, and so what we're doing is uh, we're planning each week, we're going to have kind of a more challenging hike location. And then we're also going to have kind of an easier one. So maybe we'll do pyramid, but we'll also do some of the trails out by Buskin. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we'll do barometer and then we'll do Abercrombie. Yeah. And so that way there's kind of a, a good mix. Smart so that people can tackle whatever challenge level they want. Like, what do you want to do this week, mom? You want to do barometer or? (laughs) Well, and you, you could very well have, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a group of high school kids that decide that they want to go tackle barometer uh, with an older sibling, or maybe it is grandma and grandpa with, uh, you know, somebody who's going to be going into sixth grade in the fall and they decide they want to go hike some of the trails at Abercrombie. And so we wanted to give them that option. So it's kind of turned into a family mission. Put me in the brain trust, though, when you're sitting there and you know things are closed down and you have to say, oh, well, we this is our mission. We're going to have to do something for prevention purposes and to keep families together and keep kids positive. What kind of programs are we going to come up with to fill the gap for the things that we have already planned for that aren't going to happen now? How do you, how do you come up with these things? Well, I will be the first to admit that – a lot of it has to do with my staff. I have a great staff of really creative people. I am not a creative type. I'm an execution person. I, you know, if uh, other people generate an idea, I'm the person that kind of can work out the details and make it happen. And fortunately at Canna, both in my team and then in some of the other projects I work on, we have a really good mix of those people. So a lot of these ideas are generated by my staff and then I'm able to kind of help fill in the gaps and we're able to make things happen. Uh, for some of the programs, it's it's basically just looking at what have we been doing and then how can we do it remotely. And so in this case, okay, normally we take kids out hiking. We can't do that. So how do we get them to go hiking themselves? And that was kind of where that program came from. Are you concerned at all about the load you're putting on the family, though? Um, normally, if, if I'm a if I'm a dad and I'm hanging out and I've got the kids who need to have something to keep them engaged during the summertime, I'm thinking, I'm going to sign you up for this summer camp thing and I'll drive you there and pick you up in six hours. Mm -hmm. Now you're saying mom and dad are like going to be with you for the six hours. Yeah, that, that has been, (laughs) that's been one of the tricky parts of this because, you know, obviously there's a, a ton of different summer programs that have, that have canceled or being restructured similar to ours. And so we definitely recognize that we're putting kind of an additional burden on the family. But as Jody mentioned, you know, with COVID fatigue, you know, we really want to encourage and incentivize people to, to get out and about. And I know that when I was in middle school, when I was in high school during, during summer vacation, uh, if I didn't have to go do things, I wouldn't. (laughs) And so, I, I was in, admittedly, I was in a little bit of a unique position. I started commercial fishing uh, my f- when I was in eighth grade, yeah. but sixth, seventh grade and things, you know, during summers, I would sleep in till 10 and then I would play video games and I would stay up till four in the morning. And, and so I recognize that that hasn't changed a whole lot about this age group. Uh, <laughs> and so we're, we're really trying to incentivize the kids to get out. And we do recognize that that's, 
that's asking for the families, but we really want to encourage them to get out mm-hmm. and interact with their kids in a positive way. And fortunately, Kodiak has a, a wide array of options. We're just there to kind of build a guide or provide a little bit of structure. But this is also opens things up because you don't have to go meet the Audubon people at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Now you can go do it whenever you want, whenever it's convenient, wherever it's a nice day, right? Yeah, exactly. And so our plan at this point is, so the hikes will be posted on our Facebook page every Monday, and then people will have an entire week to complete them. So they'll have the full week, they'll have the weekend, and then we'll post the next set. And we really want to build in that flexibility beyond typical program which was okay meet us at the canna wellness center at 10 a.m on thursdays or you miss the bus yeah and so uh, we've we've really tried to build in that flexibility and give families the leeway that they're they're going to need especially as more and more people are starting to uh, fortunately get back to work okay that that's one program that sounds really interesting that's open to everybody in the community too right yeah at this point we are only able to offer kind of the prizes and the incentives for that middle and high school population. So kids who are going into sixth grade up through high school. And that's mainly because of the funding that we have available in our grant programs. If things change, if we're able to get more funding or if we're able to pull from other areas, then we'd love to broaden that out and offer the incentives to elementary school kids. But this program for years has been designed and targeted at middle and high school students. And so that's where we wanted to keep our focus. So this is all posted on your Canna website right now. You have an application to, to join this program for the summer program, Explore the Rock. And there's already a list up there of w- w- what the alternative hikes for a week are. Yeah, we have the, all the registration forms and everything are up on the Canna website right now. We're supposed to be getting our finalized flyers this morning, and those will be going up on the Facebook pages and on the website, and we'll be sharing them out to all of our community partners so that they can distribute them. So Kodiak Island Housing Authority, for example, so they can get it out to their residents. Uh, so we're it, it's been a quick turnaround. Obviously, you know, with the way things have been going, we've been really kind of rushing to put a good program together while still looking at what our options are in terms of doing our in-person regular programs with the state mandates and all the rules surrounding youth programs. And so I understand that we're getting the materials out a little bit later than we usually do. Uh, You know, the program is supposed to kick off in just a little over a week and a half. So it's going to be kind of a quick turnaround. But the good thing about this is that you can register at any time. You can go on as many or as few as you want. The only kind of real requirement we have is you have to register before you're eligible to win a prize. So how are the, uh, how, how is COVID impacting that particular program? Um, other than it's, 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 it's online. You're doing it with your family now, but there's also, there's all these protocols that you have in there that say, if you're going to go do this, you have to comply with this. And then we talked a little bit earlier before we got on the air about the possibility with things opening up now of you now having to change directions again. Yeah, that's, that's going to be real interesting at this point. We're going to stick with this program at least through June, because going back to the idea of putting the burden on the families, we wanted to make it really consistent. So two weeks ago, for example, we could have done guided hikes, 
but parents would have to drop off and pick up their kids at the trailhead because we weren't allowed to have a group drop off and we weren't allowed to use transportation. So parents would have to pick them up and drop them off each time. And then we had to do medical screenings or COVID screenings for every kid every single day and maintain those records for the whole summer. Then if somebody screened uh, positive on something, they had a slightly elevated temperature or anything, we would have to shut the program down and then we would have to move into kind of a quarantine protocol for all of those kids, all of our staff and their families. Last week, they relaxed it a little bit. So then we could uh, hire a bus, for example, have the kids meet up at Canna or the Canna Wellness Center like they usually have. But we would have to stagger them every other row. They would have to wear masks the whole time. They're required to use hand sanitizer at least once every 45 minutes to an hour. And the same medical screenings and a whole other list of things. And then earlier this week, we hear, okay, starting Friday, we're moving to everything is open 100%. But they haven't updated the mandates on the website. And so we don't know what rules or regs are still in place there. So everything's up in the air. But we're hoping that by mid-June, things will kind of stabilize. We'll be able to reassess. And then if everything goes well, we're really hopeful that we can start moving back to doing the guided hikes, doing our afternoon activity programs at Baranoff Park starting on July 6th. What are those? It just mm-hmm. flashed in my head, you know, those the old summer camp songs that they used to do, you know. Now, what kind of songs would come out of a COVID <laughs> summer camp? Wow. Let's not, let's not go there. Let's not go there. I, you know, come on, Jimmy. I can think, I can think of a few, but, but yeah. <laughs> What's the afternoon programs at the Baranoff Park? So for the past couple of years, we have been doing just a couple hours on Monday and Friday afternoons for kids starting in first grade and up. And it's just general activity programs. We play soccer, dodgeball, football, capture the flag, just a variety of games. And the idea is to kind of instill some of those intangible benefits, you know, communication, teamwork, learning how to accept a loss or a win gracefully. Um, So, you know, a a lot of those things. And then really to kind of get kids interacting with each other in a positive manner, but then also interacting with kids in different age groups. So getting elementary kids to interact with middle school kids, work with the middle school kids so that they can kind of recognize, you know, hey, these kids look up to you. So you need to take that into consideration. And the same thing for our high school kids. So We'll, we'll bring on high school kids as summer interns in some cases. The past couple of years, we've had two each summer, and they have acted as like junior counselors or team leaders. So we'll design the program with input from them, but then they'll be the ones who will gather the kids up, explain the games, make the teams, settle problems and disputes. And it's it's been a really great program. I think two years ago, we had... We had nearly 100 participants for that program through the summer. Last year, we were in the mid-80s, and we were averaging between 25 and 35 kids every day for the summer. And that's off now until? That, that is postponed until at least July 6th, because again, with all those changing rules and regulations, there were limits on this is how many kids you can have in a group, this is what a group is. It was... Things like you can have two staff members and 10 kids on the football field and two staff members and 10 kids at the baseball field, and that's it. So it was, it was another one of those, 
you know, what's, what's the burden this is going to place on the kids and on families. Cause again, parents would have to drop their kids off, pick them up. Um, we'd have to make sure that kids were sorted into groups ahead of time. So that way they're not interacting with each other. And so we figured that based on the information we had at the time, it would be all around the better decision to unfortunately postpone the program. And hopefully we'll be able to reevaluate here in a couple of weeks and open it up again after the 4th of July. So I was really interested about the amount of people that are involved here in your programs during the year. I'm wondering how four people get that done, but what, is there anything that you're doing particularly now that's directed towards the village and rural population? Yeah. So we've been working on a couple initiatives. I think I mentioned a little bit earlier that this is usually the time of year when we do a lot of travel out to the villages. We do the community health fairs. We do activity programs for the kids while we're out there. We teach suicide prevention. We do a whole variety of different things, which again have, because of the travel restrictions have kind of all been put on hold. So we've been working really closely with the CANA staff who are in those communities, our behavioral health aides especially, to put together family care packages with games and activities, and then pairing it with some of the educational information that they usually get. We have been working with them to do like rock painting scavenger hunts out in the village communities, um, and basically just trying to keep families engaged with each other in a positive manner, even though we can't bring the whole community together we can still build some common programs so that everyone's participating in. One of the projects I spent a lot of time working on, for example, is the Canna Wellness Center, who we work really closely with, has been developing a home fitness program for people that can't come to the wellness center because of access issues or because they live out in a village. And so we were able to work with their staff to build our own home workout DVDs and send those out to the villages for people that don't have internet access for people who are in town and who do have the internet, all their videos are up on their Facebook page and their YouTube page. But we recognized in working with our village staff that there was a large section of the population that wouldn't have good access to those. And so it was, okay, if they can't access it over the internet, how can they? And then putting that together. So you, you in-house made your own exercise DVDs and shipped them off to the villages? Yes, it was, it was an adventure to, to put everything together. Um, I am not a, I'm not a professional editor by any means. So fortunately, our team from the Wellness Center, uh, they were able to put together a lot of workout videos that they've been posting online. Uh, big shout out to Manya Wandersee uh, and Shanna Rockenbach who've been putting the, that together. And... So they were able to get all of that information over to me. I was able to uh, get my hands on some uh, editing software and things. And I basically just put all the clips together and then put them on DVDs. Another one of our wellness center staff members designed a really awesome label for it. So we were able to get labels printed and put them on, put on there. And then we shipped them all out along with kind of a, a written how to guide. Is, can you assess how successful your, your, you're doing as far as local population and the rural population? Uh, it's too early. That that's, that's a tricky one. I know that each of the villages, uh, in those cases for some of the initiatives we were just talking about, each of the villages is set up pretty differently. So for example, 
we were able to get all the supplies out for the rock painting scavenger hunt to Port Lyons relatively quick, relatively quickly because we had it all already in stock. We didn't have to order out for anything like we did for some of the other communities. So we were able to get that turned around and they had really great turnout. They had, they had a bunch of people who were interested. They had a bunch of people who painted rocks and turned them in. Uh, They had a ton of people who went out finding rocks. The community of Akiok, for example, our behavioral health aide was in quarantine because she had had to travel. And so she was unavailable to kind of get that, that started for a little while. And then she told me a few, I think it was last week when I asked for an update to see how things were going. She said, well, everything's going well. I'm just about finished with the quarantine, but there's bears. <laughs> and so, so there's, there's all kinds of uh, interesting little, little quirks and dynamics, but. And the bears were getting the rocks before the kids. <laughs> Is that the deal? Well, so we've, uh, we've been working really closely with our, our village staff, with our tribal partners to, to try and offset some of the losses from these community programs. You know, the a lot of the culture camps have had to be postponed. Dig a Fognac, for example, that's a big one that my staff usually goes and participates in. And we lead workshops on team building and respect. And that's been canceled for the year. And so now we're we're looking at and working with our partners for ways to kind of fill that void. A lot of Zoom meetings, eh? <laughs> the the, oh the listener the, the listeners can't see the look on Jody's face, but <laughs> but I'm sure it's it's fairly similar to the one on mine. There have been a a lot of a lot of of Zoom meetings and webinars on a whole a whole host of topics. Um, a lot of them have been how to deal with COVID fatigue, and it's been really interesting. Over the the first couple of weeks, it was. You know, Zoom meetings are a great idea to to deal with fatigue because then you can still connect with people and you can do that. And then in the last two or three weeks, Zoom meetings are a terrible idea because you're, <laughs> everybody's sick of them. We should stop doing these. And so it's been uh, it, it's been an interesting experience for everyone involved. It has, and and the thing is, it's sort of interesting. Is I always like to try to look at the bright side of things, and one way that has been interesting for for us is that in the Coast Guard, we've been doing a lot more teleconferences with my counterparts throughout the U.S., and I feel more connected with them than I ever have. I've been doing Zoom meetings with my siblings and my mother and grandchildren, our kids, and, and, and so we've connected We've connected in ways that we were never able to before um, so everyone could see each other. So, I mean, I think that um, there's been some really positive things and ways of communicating that we wouldn't have thought of had this not happened so the with the village communities are they all on a group are they all on a group at the same time i mean i'm just i I was just thinking about that with family you know because there there is more communication now Mm -hmm. i don't want your turn is over (laughs) 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 that's the kind of look you just gave me like okay fine i said my piece No, it just popped into my head before. Mm-hmm. Are, are, do they all get together and collaboratively try and come up with ways that you can assist them in doing what they do out in the communities? You know, I have been, I mentioned that I've been working really closely with our staff members out there. And so I I send out group emails to them probably a couple days a week. And then we've been having kind of group teleconferences with myself and as many of them are as available probably every other week. 
to kind of get a feel for how are things going in your community? What are ways that we can support you, support uh, your community residents, support families, support the kids? And so we've, we've really been working closely with them. Uh, I like to think that, that we have a really close working relationship with all of our village staff normally, but this has definitely highlighted that just because we haven't been able to travel out there. And so we're not able to interact directly with the whole community like we typically are. So we've been relying really heavily on them. And I think it's, I think it's been really beneficial for everybody involved because it's giving us a much deeper appreciation for a lot of the things that they do. And, and so it's, this has really helped recognize, you know, the people who are already working remotely, this has definitely given, at least in my case, a new appreciation for all of the stuff that they, they normally do. You know, our, our village clinics are, you know, a couple staff members each. And other than that, it's all, you know, teleconferencing or email unless somebody travels out. Whereas in my case, you know, in normal circumstances, I have in-person meetings every single day. Uh, I'm constantly working closely with my staff. We all kind of have a shared office space. And so it's been, it's given me a deeper appreciation for all the things that uh, our folks working in remote communities normally work on. So it may actually be something that uh, that's a benefit in the long run, right? Could be. I mean, you got more community building. Uh, it, we, normally, when you go into a community, you go into Akiak or into Old Harbor, um, and you're having one-on meeting, one-on-one meetings with just the people in that community. Mm-hmm. But now you have an opportunity to bring all five of them in at the same time and say, let's work on this together. And doesn't that sort of get the more of the rural people connected to you? It's, it's like what you do on the, on the statewide basis or the national level, right? You know, I would say, I would say that it does to, to some degree – because we're, we're able to kind of put some of these initiatives together. So the rock painting scavenger hunt, for example, that was very similar to what we're doing with explore the rock. That was actually where we got, took kind of the rock painting idea for our modified explore the rock was from this initiative that was proposed by some of the BHAs, the behavioral health aides. They had said, you know, I think this would be a really cool idea to get people out and keep them active with their families. And then a couple of the others said, yeah, we would really like to see that too. So that was an example. We had an idea that was proposed by one behavioral health aide. The others kind of all agreed to it. And then we were able to roll out a program for all of the villages that obviously are modified to take into account each village's needs and specific wants and desires. But that's something that's been really good about this. I think my last day in the office before I transitioned to working from home, I had a, a two or a two and a half hour teleconference with all of the BHAs, my whole team, and several of the staff members from the Wellness Center. And that was where we really laid the groundwork for the home fitness DVDs, the rock painting scavenger hunt idea, because it was basically saying, okay, we're transitioning into this new period. What do your communities need to stay happy, stay healthy, and improve their well-being during this time? And then it was just our behavioral health aides giving us ideas of these are things that would benefit our community. And then... Like I said earlier, I'm not the creative type. I'm the execution type. And so they gave me these ideas, and then my team and I have been working to make those happen. Pretty cool. Jody. how is your world now? How is my world? Yeah, how's your world now? I mean, 
and as a person and personally or professionally or all as professional all things, all things yeah, they're all wrapped up all together wrapped up in, in a way, way aren't and they now they certainly are yeah working from home we have uh you know work at home order still that hasn't changed uh so we really don't know what's happening i think today there is a press conference at noon you said um so we'll know more about what the state's we're opening everything up and what those guidelines are and um i'm thinking my captain uh is involved in those as well so we're kind of kind of going off of what the state does we haven't opened up everything right yet we're op- opening up things slowly the pools open up on base now so and that's always been my go-to so i'm able to actually you know use the pool again so that's been great uh and uh just trying to uh be flexible try to use the resources that i have at my disposal to connect with people uh and just trying to like I said, go with the flow, be flexible. Has demand for services increased? I've been very busy, actually, um, working with um, different um, individuals and families as well. So how do you accommodate the programs that aren't used to be in-person mm-hmm. programs into delivering service to those people now? Right. So, for example, like as Matt said, I do a lot of suicide prevention training. We've had to cancel two of our, our assist classes, which are Applied Suicide Intervention Skills, which is a two-day intensive intervention class, and also Safe Talk, which is a shorter version of that for my units. And we have not been allowed to have those, and those are in person. And we really can't, we can't do those remotely. They're not allowed because they're... Um, their guidelines from Living Works, the company that certifies us, so we can't do that. Uh, so we do have our, um, I have about 190 peers that are trained in suicide prevention that um, can intervene, and that's what the main kind of meat of potatoes of the program is because we can't be there for everybody. And so if we have people that are trained to assist others, um, that's uh, that's that's the main thing is making sure that people are on the lookout and um, intervening where possible and directing people to get help and resources or guiding them there. So how do you, how do you provide it though? And without, without the in-person meeting, I mean, are you coming up with a substitute? This is a, a way we're going to provide that or do you just bag it? Well, no, no, no. So our, um, our CIS peers, you know, they are, they're provided with resources that they can, you know, provide to their um, friends, families, whoever they are dealing with at the time. Uh, And they're trained to do that all the time. So that it's just something that's, um, you know, available and that they are trained to intervene. So they're available for people. Okay. Yeah. So So I don't really have any, you know, um, meetings specifically with, with them right now, but um, you know, I reach out to them through um, emails and so forth. So, so how do you stay busy? I mean, if you if you don't go into the office, how has your world changed to that it keeps you busy? Oh my gosh, we have uh, conference calls, many different ones. We're having them on the district level, national level. Um, between uh, my colleagues and I are on the phone all the time, and then I deal with people individually. And I have been going in for meetings on occasion when I need to. I've been going into the office and meeting one on one. I need to. So um, I'm extremely busy all day long. Sometimes I look at my day and I don't even know where the time has gone, honestly. But um, if I look at my phone between texting, emailing, calling, um, I'm constantly busy helping people or directing them to resources. So the other services, the other hats that you have on as the director of these different programs, how, how has it impacted 
the tobacco program and the suicide prevention program and the don't you have a drug program as well? Yeah, so our a lot of our programs have been suspended or obviously radically modified. So our substance use program, for example, a big component of that is our village health fairs, our work with the youth out in the villages, and then our community dinner and game nights. Those have kind of all been suspended. So we've kind of shifted. Uh, I mentioned earlier that we have been working with our behavioral health aides to put together like family care packages. And so we've been including some educational information in those, but it's really difficult to provide quality education on topics like that without doing it in person. Our suicide prevention program, my team uses question, persuade, refer QPR. It's a model of suicide prevention that is designed for just everyday people. It's, it takes about an hour to an hour and a half. And it's basically designed to recognize, you know, warning signs that someone is contemplating suicide in your friends, family members, coworkers, and the people around you. And then how you can kind of interact with that. You do it yourself. Uh, I am a certified instructor. And so, uh, as are my staff members. And so we're able to provide those trainings under normal circumstances. But unfortunately, with everything that's going on, much like Jody mentioned with Assist and Safe Talk, those, those trainings, uh, QPR is a little bit different. They have given permission to teach those classes remotely. Oh, really? They have, but we have not wanted to uh, move in that direction because – it's obviously, it's a very difficult topic and mm-hmm. this program is designed for just everyday people. And so under normal circumstances, when we provide this, we'll usually have a couple of instructors. So we'll have a lead instructor and then we'll always have one or two others who are there specifically to provide mm-hmm. support if people enter an emotional crisis or if they have a negative response. And so if we were to try and do that remotely and we had people coming in from all over the community, there isn't a good way for us to support and mm-hmm. assist those people if they have an issue. And so that's been something we've been really hesitant to kind of move forward with because obviously it's an important message and we, we want to get it out. But at the same time, we have to take into account the well-being of our participants. Yeah. So how do you, uh, how do you counteract COVID fatigue? Myself? Yeah. <laughs> Many different ways. <laughs> I actually, for me, it, it, I, you know, try to keep my same routine. I get up the same time in the morning, you know, do, you know, all those, all those things, keep my, maintain my exercise routine, which is really important. Um, I get out every day for an hour outside. I don't care if it looks like this out, um, get my rain gear on and I get out and I recommend that everybody get outside and get it in nature. And I accept what is, I mean, basically we don't have any, con- we don't have much control. All we have control over is ourselves. So you have to just, um, accept what is and control what we can and this too shall pass eventually that's how i deal with it and i try to listen to others when they're struggling and i've been doing a lot of that so you give the same advice to somebody that would come in and depends on the situation but overall generally i mean how are you dealing with covid stress and fatigue on the part of your staff uh the part of my staff i would say i would say that varies uh, I have uh, several staff members who have small kids that are normally either in daycare or in school. And so now they're trying to balance working from home, taking care of their kids, 
uh, along with all of the other family concerns. And so we've been working, I've been working really closely with them to try and be as flexible as possible. So, you know, shifting their schedules around so that way they can take most of the day to spend with their kids and then they can work early in the mornings and in the evenings, um, you know, encouraging my team to make sure that they're, they're taking care of their, their health, their mental well-being, their emotional well-being. Uh, fortunately, we're in a position that this is the time of year when normally we're getting out and we're getting active with the modifications we made to the programs. You know, I mentioned my staff is in the process of painting several hundred rocks for our summer program. Well, so they've been taking the opportunity whenever the weather's decent to go out and collect those. And they have been already going on some of the hikes to check out the trails and determine what they want to do. So we're in a good position where we're able to actually use our work time to get out and partake in some of these outdoor activities, which is fairly standard for my team Um, on a personal level. I I'm kind of a shut in. I don't, I don't go out and do a whole lot of things outside of work. Uh, My, my work deals a lot with being out in the community and, and being a public presence and interacting with a lot of people. So in my downtime, I try to avoid that as much as I can. (laughs) So this, this hasn't been, this hasn't been too different. I'll admit, even I'm starting to get a little cabin fever now. Uh, fortunately, with things opening up, I was able to just start going back to the gym earlier this week. And I I have to blame Lindsay Knight. I don't think I've ever been as sore ever. I, I don't think I can remember a time that I've ever been this sore. But it was really, really nice to be able to finally get back into the gym and and start picking up that routine again. It is, isn't it? It's nice when you roll over in the morning and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is... Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay, uh, he's done that for a lot of us. Be- mm-hmm. Best case scenario for you folks, like, you know, it, it, is there a is there a light at the end of the tunnel for you when things sort of return to normal for you? You no. want to you want to take that first, or you want me to go? <laughs> you know, I just live in the present moment as much as possible oh, you and do. take things as they come. Yes. Wow, that's unique. I don't think it is, is it? Is it? I just think about today. What's not? <laughs> what's think happening about what's this going weekend? On right now, yeah, so exactly. What do you got planned for this plan. weekend? All you can do is plan, do your plans, and you know, and deal with them when they come up. What yeah. do I plan for this and, weekend? Yeah. I really probably will do the same thing I do every weekend. I'm sure that I'll get out and take a hike. Uh, I'm sure I'll clean my house. I'm yeah. sure that I will. Are you going swampy acres or barometer? Neither. Oh. No barometer for me anymore. I'm too old for that. I mean, I shouldn't say that I'm too old, but that's like something that's a little bit too extreme for me anymore. I've gone up there three or four times, and my knees can't take it coming down anymore. It's hard coming down. I'm getting old. The old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be, Mike. (laughs) Cue the music, yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, We're hoping that maybe the summer programs return to some semblance of normality after July 4th. Yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful of that. Obviously, you know, the the situation is constantly changing and evolving, so we're going to have to look at what's going on. But I'm I'm hopeful things probably won't be the way they were in past years. There's probably still going to be requirements and restrictions and some type of rules and guidelines that we're going to have to follow. But I'm really hopeful that we can start moving back as close to normal as we can. Because I think after so long, 
that people really need to kind of make that shift. Sounds like a really cool program, though, this uh, the rock program that you have, and uh, and it's open to everybody in the community. Yeah, it is It is open to everybody. As I mentioned, only, only students who are going to be entering sixth grade up through high school are eligible to win the prizes, but everybody can participate, everybody can get involved, and, you know, we would invite everybody who goes out hiking or does these things normally to sign up for the program and participate. We've, we've really cut down on our registration form. I don't know if you've seen our past ones there for the people who have participated before our registration forms are usually uh, about a stack of papers. That's probably 10 to 15 pages because all the liability releases and all the things that are associated with that. So we've really been able to cut that down. It's super simple. Uh, you can put a, pull it off the website. It's a fillable PDF. You just type in your answers and then email it to us, and you're all set. And if it's raining, you know, James Taylor is giving free guitar lessons online. Did you know that? You know, there's a million things to do. There's a million mm-hmm. things to do. I have been doing more of some of my old hobbies than I ever have. i got to be honest with you. You know, this is a time when people need to get creative and uh, enjoy those things that they that they haven't done in a long time when they haven't had time to do so. And, you know, we're on the radio, so people don't know this, but you're dressed in black. I'm dressed in black because I am I miss rehearsals for, for theater. But I thought you were never going to do a show ever again in your whole I life. I say that every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those love-hate relationships. Yeah. It's like... You need it. Y- yeah. You need it. And the community is full of all kinds of ideas like this to get people engaged and yes. give, you, give them things to do. Mike, you see so, my worst come out in me. I think of anybody in this community during a, during a show. I black that out of my mind. I know. You know, I really do. I only see the positive Jody. <laughs> um, and that's, but that's, that's one place I feel like I can really be myself is doing theater, which you know, is kind of ironic. <laughs> if you think uh, about it. <laughs> I, 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 thank you guys for, for filling in today. <laughs> it wasn't filling. This was Mental Health Thursday. Uh, and Good you, job, Matt. You both have great ideas. It's so great to see you So all grown up, and you're doing such a great job. I'm so proud of you. I've known Matt since he was a little kid. That's so. what you said, yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm always happy to, to come in. I like to talk. You're excellent at it. You have a great radio voice, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. This is the things that people out in the audience don't necessarily need to have to say. So have a great weekend, everybody. If you have questions from the ESC, Mike Twangy is going to be in as our guest tomorrow on The Lowdown. So send us some questions. So... We can get the community's uh, input into what they need to know. Uh, That'll be tomorrow morning on the Lowdown, and you have a fine Thursday.